Welcome to Hope on the Rise. My name is Peter Englert. I'm one of the co-hosts of this show, and we're very thankful for our producer. He doesn't get enough love, Dan Schultz, but we want to throw that out. I am here with uh, our other co-host, uh, Dr. Bob Roden, and today we have a friend of mine um, that I looked up to when I went to the University of Valley Forge, but also a friend of Bob's, and I think you're going to really appreciate our conversation with Gavin Brown. Uh, Bob, before we throw it to Gavin, you have any thoughts about this episode that you want to just introduce uh, Gavin, but also just uh, talk about? You know, it's just awesome to be here today with two of my younger friends. Uh, we've talked about uh, you know, that book, Geeks and Geezers. Uh, uh, obviously, I, I'm the geezer in this whole deal, you know. So, uh, but uh, the fact that you guys would uh, be willing to hang out with me and talk and have a conversation. That's just uh, it is a joy in life to to know people like you and Gavin. I remember uh, the first time we had any re real time together. You were just a young uh, student. You actually you were an intern. Yes, sir. At the at the district office in uh, in Gainesville, and uh, I had to go out to Western Maryland for a meeting at a church. There was a church that had some issues they needed to resolve, and so I need to meet with the board. And I said to Gavin, Gavin, how would you like to ride along with me? He said, let's do it. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be a neat experience. And uh, we talked together. And one of the things that I remember about the trip, Gavin, is that I told you about the uh, the respects that my grandmother taught me. And you yes, called sir. them my granny's creeds. Yes, sir. Oh, it was so neat. My granny's creeds. I've never forgotten yeah. that. Yeah, and, that's uh, right now. It, and then uh, later on, as you were after you, you and Shekinah were married, uh, Joan and I had the privilege of having dinner with uh, the two of you at uh, Artie's restaurant in Fairfax. Oh yeah. And then through the years, we've just kind of stayed connected. And I want to thank you, Gavin, for being willing to be on this uh, on this podcast today. And uh, I'd like for you just to kind of uh, maybe introduce yourself, tell us currently what you're doing. Yep, and yep. Uh, and then we'll uh, you're I know you're married have children so just uh, sure. give give us a, a Reader's Digest version we call yeah. it of yeah, who absolutely. you are. Uh, so good to be with you, uh, Peter and Doc Roden. I love you guys so much. Honored to be here. I'm a senior pastor at Lifehouse Church. That's right in uh, uh, the heart of Central Maryland, just uh, Beltville. Been here seven years now. Actually, this is the church uh -huh. that I grew up in as a kid and. 13 years as a youth pastor and boomerang back here. So kind of full circle deal, but uh, married to the love of my life, uh, 13 years, Shekinah. And then uh, we have three kids, five, seven, and nine. So we oh, are wow. active and it's good to be out the house for a little bit today and being with <laughs> you guys. So glad to be here. Glad to be here, Doc. Uh, it's just awesome to, to have you with us. Uh, we're, of course, this, this podcast is about hope. Yes. And uh, I know enough about your life, uh, Gavin, how you have had to navigate through some situations and, and how you have still remained a person of hope and God mm -hmm. has helped you. I, I want you to talk, first of all, uh, you know, to your, you have two sisters. You yes. have two sisters that are, that are no longer with us. Yeah. So I want you to talk about that, Gavin, and how you navigated through yeah. two different circumstances. But Absolutely. just issues in life for you. So uh, let me yeah. just flip it to you and uh, talk to us about that. 
Yeah, 2005, I got a call from one of my younger sisters, Lisa, that uh, our oldest sister, she was my sibling best friend, Tony Brown. She had passed away um, from an illness, diabetic coma. She was also pregnant. So you could imagine, you know, just, just hard. I remember actually the day of the funeral, and I had finally gotten up to the casket to see her. And, you know, I just, you couldn't contain myself. My uncle actually had to take me out of the uh, church for a little bit just to, you know, console me because just seeing someone who you had grown up with, mortality, all of that just hit and uh, just such a hard, hard time seeing uh, my best friend there laying lifeless. Uh, I know she was with the Lord, but at the same time, just grief and devastation just hit me like no other at the age of uh, uh, 2022. And so 18 months later, the, my sister who had called me to let me know about uh, Tony's death had been tragically killed. She was uh, shot along with her seven-month-old daughter, our niece, mm -hmm. and a uh, very dysfunctional situation. And um, again, you know, just getting over, really not, you don't ever get over, but just in the throes of grief from the last year of, of one sister and now, you know, this situation. And you know what? It was right in the town next to over where I was pa uh, youth pastoring at the time. And so it wasn't like I was, you know, somewhere in another state. I was, you know, right on the next side of the town. It's all in the news and all this type of stuff and just a heavy, heavy, dark time. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, I realized in that situation that in the midst of the darkness, the despair, you know, that God was there. I didn't even mean to make a rhyme with that, but he definitely was with me. And I'll tell you, the book of Psalms was a big anchor to me. And, um, you know, there's great things in the Psalms. There's joy. There's, you know, uh, greatness and all that type of stuff. But there's also the Psalms of lament. And so I'm thankful for those Psalms as well, because those are the words that I clung to during that time of just, uh, you know, just, just grief and despair. I was diagnosed with PDSD. Um, you know, um, I had had a nightmare that was reoccurring after Lisa's funeral where I saw a suspected gunman at the bottom of the steps and Lisa was at the top and I just kept stepping in front of her and uh, just taking the bullets. And my counselor subsequently, you know, mentioned to me that Gavin, that was you just being a great brother willing to take the bullets for mm. your sister. And, you know, I just I had to get over that I should have known that that was coming, that I could, you know, could have seen it. And again, through through great biblical help, uh, through counseling and, and emerge, um, that helped me to emerge out much better uh, by God's grace. Willie Nelson has a song, I guess, where he talks about you, you go through things, yeah. uh, but you never get really over it. And that's yes, what you're saying today. You went through it, God's help, and uh, but you still think about it, and uh, yeah. It, yeah. it impacts impacts your your life in, in such such a way. Yeah. There are, yeah, I'm just, absolutely. <clears throat> there, I want you to also talk about. Uh, so as you have now, you you're a pastor, yes. so and, and you you help people all the time who are ab okay. obviously in situations that that need help. Maybe you yeah. can talk about how all of this helped prepare you along oh with your training to, to yeah, be a yeah, yeah. pastor to people today. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Doc, when you talk about going through things, your friend Willie, Willie Nelson, I was thinking about how in Colorado there, there's, you know, that state shares two animals mainly, the cows and buffaloes. And, uh, you know, when, when, when a thunderstorm comes, a storm comes, the cows, they run away from the storm. 
Uh, but the problem is cows are too slow. So the storm catches up with them, and it causes more damage and more time than it would have if they had just stayed and faced it. The buffaloes, though, what they do is they run towards the storm. And so, uh, you know, one scripture that has been um, a big part of, of my growth, you know, from that over 20 years ago with the trauma and the pain and the grief it's James 1, 2 to 4. I and mean, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, for you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And one word I want, and I just preached at a great friend's uh, church as a guest speaker, is the word consider it pure joy when you face, when you face. And what I've tried to challenge many people that I've come in contact with, with pain and grief, because that's what ministry, you're either, you know, going to or fro, those type of situations. And people, it, it comes up out of nowhere, just like my, you know, um, tragedies and, and, and trauma came out of nowhere, that, you know what, you can face this not alone, but you can face it with God rather than running away from it. And, uh, you know, it's important, James, to take that perseverance must finish its work. And the work that is that that God is after, not that He causes these things a lot of times, um, but that He's after our genuine faith. He's after the purification of our faith, and He can make something and refine us in the midst of the heats of life. And so that has been a big part of me having, uh, you know, gone through, uh, you know, some pain to be able to give people hope. And say, you know what, it doesn't look like right now that you're going to get on this side, but let's hang on. You don't have to mm. face this alone. You've got people with you. Hope can indeed be on the rise. And in due time, my prayer, my hope, in due time, you can look back and see how mm. God has turned it all together for his good. And he has definitely done that for me. I can say countless times where I've been in rooms of people who've had tragedies and, and hardship, and I can walk in as cool as a cucumber, not because of me, but because of Christ in me, the hope of glory, gives me the power to be able to comfort people with the same comfort that I have received from the Lord. And I only say that's by God's grace. So our Lord never wastes pain. He never wastes pain. And uh, if we face it with him. We also know God is undefeated. He's Absolutely. undefeated. He's no got, he got a perfect no doubt, record. Yeah. That's right, God. You know, uh, you are, what I think of you, you're, uh, uh, Gavin, I, you, you fully understand the difference between temptation and, and trials. See, temp temptation mm -hmm. is designed to make us sin, yeah. but trials are designed to make us strong. No doubt. And, and you, ha you have come sure. through this stronger. I'm just... Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Yeah. Just, um, Doc, I don't know how much. Wow. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I was just going to, what's, uh, I was, I didn't know how much Peter knew about all these details, but I was going to invite him uh, to, to in any of the conversation. He wants to jump in here at any moment. No problem. Sure. Um, you know, when you get two preachers like yourself, I just kind of sit back and let the Holy <laughs> Spirit do what he needs to do. Uh, you know, uh, Gavin, you know, one of the things that I just kind of want to slow down, um, you know, you mentioned, I think, two or three times, it's been 20 years. And yeah. mm. I I think that, you know, to the person that's grieving because something happened or someone died in the first year versus yeah. year 10, year 20, and then kind of looking down the road to 30 and 40, 
when you think about where you are in this 20 years of grief, what what's the biggest struggle that you still face, but also what's yeah. the biggest hope that you would have given yourself 20 years ago? Oh, great question. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest struggle is that you realize sometimes you got to pinch yourself still for me, at least that this has happened. You know, mm -hmm. it's sometimes you, you think, okay, you, you know what happened, but little reminders. I was just uh, this past weekend cleaning some things in the basement and I came across a little card that Lisa had wrote me and the title was you're a wonderful brother. And I read that and I'm telling you, it blessed my heart, but it just, you know, again, took me back to just times with her. She was only on this earth for 22 years, but man, what a sweet time. And so, you know, you almost feel like it's a wound that, that, that is there. And there's moments where it just sometimes surfaces to the level, uh, surfaces to the top, and sometimes it just kind of fades away. So I felt that many times. I think about the, the beauty of the Lord, how he, you know, came down and he walked amongst us. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes I feel that regularly where, you know, you'll be driving, you'll be walking, you'll see someone that looks like her or Tony, and, and you just, you're right back. But you realize that it's God's grace that has sustained you up to this point, and he'll continue to do that. And then, Peter, looking 20, 20 years um, almost back, you know, I just think about, again, uh, how God has has used all things, and he's able to do that to work together for the good of those who love God. I was in a, um, I was at the sentencing at the suspected murder of Lisa last year. Um, and I'm in the courtroom and, and I'm there and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm got there at the right time that the attorney said that he'll be sentenced. And little did I know they were running late as most courtrooms do. And I'm sitting there and I'm hearing another case of a person getting ready to be sentenced. And a girl goes out to give her victim impact statement. And she had, um, you know, had three uh, family members that were in a car driving, got into a road rage incident, and a driver came beside them and shot into the car, killing three of her relatives. And I just thought to myself, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Gavin, you, you thought you're just coming here to see this guy's sentence, but I want you to talk to her. And after she had got done, I went over to her. I shared uh, a little bit of my story, why I was in the same room that she was. I, I gave her the hope that I had found and, and, and I just gave her a card about, you know, our church and prayed with her. And you could just see um, just her having, with tears in her eyes, she was just that year one facing her grief. And I could tell her, my, my credibility, I would say, Peter, came from, I've been in this thing for 20 years grieving, and I, I know where you've been at. I know what you're feeling, but hold on. God can give you hope, and um, he can help you. Like, he's helped me, and I'm standing here only because of God's grace. So I would say that's the gauntlet of the pendulum of, you know, the first part and then looking back 20 years with God still being the anchor. You know, I, I think what's amazing is that you're, you were, you were not even through the grief process from your first sister right. when your second sister is yeah. killed. So, yeah. you know, then you have, you have to sort of go back and, and start this process all over no again doubt. until no we know that the final step of grief is is a acceptance. And yeah. so you have apparently moved to that level where you've said, hey, I'm moving on with life. I can yeah. never, ever get over this, though I've gotten through no. it. And, no, uh, absolutely. Well, 
Yeah, and yeah. there was bitterness in the midst of that. There was some unforgiveness yes. that I had to work through. And I, I was determined by God's grace to say, okay, my, my sister's lives have been taken, my niece's lives have been taken, but I can't allow, you know, the the, the joy to be taken either. And joy yes. is not the same as happiness, as we know. Happiness depends on or it's contingent on something happening. But joy is deep inside, and, and it's no matter, it's not based on what's going on outside. And you know what? The world can't give it, and the world can't take away this joy in the Lord. Uh, that's a, that is so 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 neat. Here are Gavin. I I also want you to talk about being a person of color. Number one, being in the ministry, yeah. uh, and 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 what that means, but also of what how that has factored in to the way you've dealt with these other tragedies in your life. At, uh, I just, I just be interested in your thoughts. I am, mm. I'm absolutely. Uh, you're just one of my heroes, <laughs> and the way you deal with life and all you've been through. So I want yeah. you just to talk with us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Doc. First of all, being a pastor, um, I'm pastoring the church that I grew up in, um, and what I mean by that, I came there as 11 years old, and the church was pretty much all vanilla. <laughs> yeah. During that time, and it's definitely as you know, change is diverse. I mean, we, we got the melting pot here and I'm honored and privileged to serve here as senior pastor. And so, you know, you, you, you come and you have people who try to put you just in the box of just your color and different things like that. And, and I, I think our Lord, what I've, what I've learned with pain and tragedy, it's a level, it's a leveler. Everybody deals with pain and tragedy. And so, you know what, we can walk through it because Jesus understands it. And so as we understand the Lord and his heart for everybody, he's a whosoever God, we don't just have to say, hey, I'm just dealing with this because of my own color and things like that. You know, I think about this idea of victim or victor. Uh, we can go through life acting as if we're a victim of everything. Everybody's out to get us. Everybody's out to hurt us. But you know what I've learned? It's just sometimes life because of the enemy, because of the brokenness in our world, everybody's going to face it. It's how you respond that matters. Uh, any type of hardship, it's how you respond. Um, we can spend a lot of time blaming people. We can spend a time playing a victim. Or we can say that because our God does not play favorites, that's in the book of James as well, man, I can be a victor in all of this. Now, that does not mean that there are, not, there are some things that you know, should not be faced and talk about, talked about. But uh, I've learned that character, uh, God uses pain and hardship to forge that so that when you encounter trials of all kinds, see, that's the thing. You're going to face trials as leadership. You can face it in discrimination, but it doesn't need to take your joy and cloud your view of the world. Gavin, wow. let me jump in. Yeah, let me jump in just for a second. Um, so you and I went to Valley Forge together, and Valley Forge is a very unique, place um yes I, I wouldn't say that it's fully equally diverse but probably mm -hmm. the first conversations that i had about racism happened there yeah and yeah i'm just kind of curious we all had to take assemblies of god doctrine and history and our roots yes. come from a gentleman by the name of charles parham who actually no made doubt. william seymour who is an african-american sit outside the classroom yep. and yeah. So there's two things that I, I want you to kind of respond with, because the older I get, the more unique I see that was Dr. Yeah. Giacomo, you know, our professor yes. was very yep. comfortable 
telling us this is what happened. Um, yep. And then you decided to stay in a denomination that has roots yeah. like that. So thinking Absolutely. about just telling the truth, but also yeah. kind of sticking in a denomination and things like that. I mean, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah Peter, great question. You know, I played the role of being um, a few first in certain circles and being at the table as the first African-American or brought onto a church as their first African-American. And I'll tell you, that can be a lonely place at times. That can be a, mm. a place where you can feel like I do stick out. And am I only here because of my color? Now, I can't decide that for the other side. But what I can decide and what I have chosen to do is say, you know what? God and his sovereignty has put me here. In spite of some of the feelings I may have, in spite of some of the mind games that am I just a color and a predominantly white denomination, but to also see in due time where the giftings that God has given me has been affirmed, confirmed, and also, um, you know what, um, called out and appreciated by my white brothers and sisters. Not that I've needed their validation to make me feel who, who God has made me to be, but at the same time, it just shows me a greater validation from the Lord. So I would say, man, being in circles where, yeah, you feel like, am I the only one? And maybe I am. But to know that our confidence, my confidence is not necessarily in my own skin as much as it is in God, that mm. allows me to persevere, to stick through and say, you know what? I have a contribution, a unique one, perspective, and no one is going to get this if I skedaddle early, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I remember hearing about Parham. I remember being upset. I remember being, man, our roots is with a, a racist dude. But at the same time, look what God did through William Seymour. And uh, I just think, you know, man makes plans and God laughs, right? And so sticking it through and persevering, saying, you know what? I don't have to choose in my own self to be just a color. I'm here because I've got something to bring. And uh, hopefully that's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Mm. Well, what a uh, what a powerful view of who you are. I have something to bring. I love that, Gavin. I love that about you. You have something to bring. Every individual has something to bring, and you're choosing to bring it into this table. I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for bringing mm. your gifts and for mm. the difference you're making uh, for for people at our table in in the in the wonderful name of Jesus and thank you Peter for for bringing up that classroom situation where it all sure. all that discussion started and uh yeah. well you've uh, you've taken it and, and done what you needed to with it Gavin pretty awesome yeah. pretty awesome thank you Doc. thank you Doc. yeah the um well you know we are we're going to wind down here in a little bit and I uh I, but this could go on for a long time well we are like like <laughs> Peter said you and I are preachers Gavin we're just kind of going at it here and I, uh, I love that, but it's a. Uh, it's been so awesome to hear about your how you navigated through these two tragic situations and how yeah. you've dealt with uh, with being a, a person of color and what that what that is what that means to you. You've been so helpful today, and uh, I know that people are going to take this podcast and share it with others Amen. because it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. And uh, I hope people will take away that line. I have something to bring to the table. No Everybody has something to bring to the table and, and we ought to walk with that. So let me yeah. flip it back to you, Peter, for any final thoughts you have, and then we'll have a, 
of prayer here at the end, and we could also we could flip it back to Gavin as well for his final thoughts too. Sure, Gavin. I'm just going to ask you one more question. Um, so uh, you're you and I are like the the same age. We're a little uh, you're you're a little uh, beyond me, but um, you know you're in this zenial generation, and I anticipate that there's people in their 20s listening to this podcast. There's also um, people like Dr. Roden that are in their 80s, and I guess as you talk to the older and younger generations, kind of as you're kind of hitting middle age, what hope would you want to give about the next 20 to 30 years as someone that's kind of in the middle? Wow. Well, thank you, Peter, for reminding me that I'm in middle age. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Yes, man. You know, I think the next 20, 30 years, someone's kind of in the middle. I would just say that, you know, one word that stands out for leaders, especially young leaders, it's a day to be courageous these are great days. Yes, there are many different, uh, you know what, issues that we're facing, but man, it's also an opportune time to face it with courage. Um, hold on to your faith, faith, lean into it, face the, the things that are troubling you right now, because I, I guarantee as you persevere through it, God is going to use you to be a blessing to someone else. If you faint not. So, you know, get to know the Lord, trust him, uh, face the issues, the hardships that you're dealing with, whatever they may be in leadership, under leaders, dealing with co- colleagues, face it with courage and just know that in due time, as you look back, God has a way. He has a way of circling things so that you could be a blessing to those that will come behind you. You know, Doc took me out for that Artie's and he gave me a big steak. And one thing he said, he he treated me. I will never forget that steak. Probably the biggest one I ever ate. That was leftovers for a week. Thank you, Doc and Joan. But I remember he said, he said, pay it forward, right? And uh, pay it forward. Now we've yet to do that. We're going to do that, all right? But I would say, you know what, when God... Uh, puts you, uh, puts trials in your path and allow certain things to come your way, how are you going to steward it? How are you going to steward it? Because if you steward it, if you steward it well, God has a way of allowing you to pay it forward to those that are coming behind you. Um, well, what a, what a great way to bring this to a, to a close today, Gavin. Again, I want to say thanks for being here. I want to just have a prayer as we close today and, and give God thanks for this opportunity and a, Lord, I want to thank you today for the voice of Gavin Brown. Lord, you have used him. You have used him today to speak to all of us. I pray your blessing and your favor to continue upon his life. God, would you give him an even stronger voice in the days ahead? And I pray for his family, that you would use them in the community they're in to continue to make a difference. And we'll thank you for it. Lord, thank you that he has incarnated the word of hope for us today, that hope is on the rise. And we trust you today for your full divine blessing on Gavin's family. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank thank you so much for joining us on Hope on the Rise. If you want to find out more about the podcast, uh, you can go to uh, bobroden.com. And uh, Gavin is on all the socials, so make sure you follow him and check him out. (laughs) We hope you have a wonderful day.